that you have experienced his goodness? Have you truly been in a place that you found out how good he was without anyone telling you? God want us in a place with him that we don't wait on nobody else to praise him. We don't wait on anybody else to lift him up. We give him praise on our own. Because it's going to come a time when you're going through and there's nobody around but you. And can you still give him that hallelujah? You know, sometimes it takes birthing out. And some of us have not birthed out yet. Some of us are still in the same place we were last year. Because we only want to praise him when something good happens. Can you praise him in the midst of the bad? Can you give him glory even when you don't know how it's going to turn out? Or what's going to happen in your life? Can you give him what's due to him in spite of how you feel? Because some of us right in this room today, we're going through something. I don't believe that it's any person in this place that's not going through something. And sometimes we have to praise our way through it. Because being human, y'all, Sometimes you don't know, but I know a God who does. And if we keep looking to him in spite of what we don't know, that means I'm dependent on him and not on me. Come on, that deserves a hallelujah. Why is it so hard for us to praise him? Why do we have to wait on music? We have to wait on somebody to sing just to raise our hands. Because see, when you raise your hands, that's a place of surrender. You're saying, God is no longer about me. God is all about you. I don't know what's going to happen between here and now, but I just want to praise you, God. I just want to thank you, God, for where you bought me from. And I don't know about you, but God has bought me from a mighty long way. You know, we would hear old folk back in the day. They'd be singing those songs. Lord, you have bought me from a mighty. I mean, they put mighty in there. Because, see, we don't know what they've been through. But we'll just sit there and listen to them, but we would never raise our hands. But they will always talk about, he has bought me from a mighty long way. And I love the song that says, another day, the Lord has kept me. See, we're forgetting about back then when they used to sing these songs. I remember my grandmother, she was so short. Even when she stood up, you had to know she was standing because she was short. But you could hear her voice ring out through the prayer service when she would say, Another day, the Lord has kept me. And then she got to the part, he has kept me from all evil. And my mind stayed on, y'all don't get it. 
she said he kept her from all evil. The reason why, too, because her mind. Y'all, it's a mind thing. See, she had to focus on him and not what was going on in her life. So when your focus is on him, you're taking one day at a time. See, I can't speak on tomorrow, y'all. Because I know my Bible says tomorrow takes care of things for itself. So I'm going to praise him for the day that I'm in. And I'm going to give him glory for what he's done in this day. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take one day at a time. But we get way over there in other days. And that brings depression. That brings oppression because we're thinking about what we're going to do next month and haven't gotten through this month. And the enemy knows if I can keep your mind on next month and then I'm going to build up what's happening in this month, I can press you so far down that you can't even hear what God is doing right now. And that's where some of us are. Some of us are thinking way down the road instead of thanking God. For the day that you're in right now. So let's just begin to raise our hands. And thank him. For what he's already done. You don't have to tell nobody what to say for you. Because you already know what God has done. And what for what God is doing in your life. So God we thank you. We praise you for hearing now. God, we thank you because you know what we're in the need of, God, even before we ask. Because you're our Father and you love us so much, God, that everything that we need, you have already supplied it. God, so I thank you that every need in this place has already been supplied by you. So we grab hold to what we already have. God, we grab hold to what you have already given us. So, God, I thank you that healing is in this place right now. Because you have already given it unto us. It's not something that we have to beg for. Because God is ours right now. So, I command healing from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. I say be healed. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Now I command our bodies to come into alignment with the word of God that was already spoken in Jesus' name. And I apply the blood of Jesus to it in the name of Jesus. God, you said at the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And at the name of Jesus, God, Everything supposed to bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, God. So, God, we recognize that there is power in that name. So, sickness bow right now in the name of Jesus. Every disease bow right now in the name of Jesus. Cancer, tumors, growth bow in the name of Jesus. 
We curse them right now in the name of Jesus. HIV bouts in the name of Jesus. God, every disease has to bow because you are more powerful than sickness. You are more powerful than disease. God, I thank you and I praise you right now that you're here in the midst of us. And I thank you that you're ready to do a work in us and through us. So God, have your way in this place. And Holy Spirit, we truly welcome you in this place. Do what you want to do amongst your people. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being my teacher, my helper, my standby. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for illuminating the word that it penetrates my very being. It's like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that as I open my mouth, the word would be like fire that devours everything going on around us. It would be like a hammer breaking the rocks into pieces. God, we thank you and we praise you right now. And I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. God is still good. Say, in the midst of your circumstances, God is still good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles. We're going to continue a teaching that we got into two weeks ago. Go back with me to Exodus, the 20th chapter. Exodus, the 20th chapter. Shouldn't take you long to get there, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus, the 20th chapter, I'm going to start at verse 1. And I'm going to end at verse 6. The word of God reads, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above, or that's in the earth beneath, or that's in the waters under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. We're going to talk again on knowing who God is. God wants us to stay here on knowing who he is because when we know who God is, there's nothing that we cannot accomplish nor anything that we cannot do when we know who God is. And God used Moses um, as his representative to speak to the Israelites. When we get into the book of Exodus, we see this Exodus is talking about them moving out of Egypt. They're going into the promised land. And when God said that I am the Lord thy God, he said, I'm Jehovah. I'm the self-existing one. He said, I don't depend on anyone. I stand alone. And God want to go back through that again, because when we recognize that he's Jehovah, 
He's the self-existing God. His dependency is on no one. He's the only true and living God. We have to recognize that there is no other God but him. So he had to let the children of Israel know my dependency is not on anybody. I stand alone. He said, I'm the supreme God. He said, I'm the God who created the heavens and the earth. Without me, nothing would have been made. Nothing would have been created. I'm the creator. I'm Elohim. See, when we get to know who God is, we can step out in situations and we won't have fear in those situations because we got to know who he is. This is how he started out with the children of Israel. Y'all know their journey. It was 40 years, but it didn't have to be 40 years. God took them to, through the wilderness because he wanted them to know him as their one and only true living God. He wanted them to depend on him. He wanted them to know no matter where you are in this wilderness, I'm going to be here for you. No matter what need pop up, that need is going to be met because I am God. I am the self-existing one. Y'all know they had situations going through the wilderness. The first situation was when Pharaoh, the enemy, was coming after them. And God allowed Moses because the people were afraid. I don't know about you. Sometimes we get over things in our lives and seem like those things try to pop back up the things that we fear the most seem like they begin to come back up in our lives and they begin to overtake us but I thank God for fearless leaders I thank God for the ones that you can call and depend on that when things are going another way in your life they can give you encouragement through the word of God why because they got to know who he is see you can't be up under people that don't know who he is You can't be up under people who's all about themselves and not about God's business. You have to know who you are around, who you labor amongst, who's laboring amongst you. And you will know who's laboring amongst you in difficult situations. When the money looks funny, when you feel like you're not going to make it another day, when you feel like you alone and you call the very person God have you to call and they begin to encourage you by the word of life and not by how they feel. So Moses, God had to prepare Moses to be that leader. You don't just lead because you feel like it. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't become a leader because you feel like it. All of us are born leaders. God has put giftings on, on the inside of each and every one of us. But those giftings have to be developed in us and through us. And those giftings start out with at home. That's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. That training is with the gifts that you see in that child. If you see that child always want to teach somebody, you know they got a teaching gift in their lives. So you want to nurture that gift that's in them. If you see a, a, a child that's always taking authority and is always ready to lead, you say, now we got a Moses, we got a Joshua, we got a leader in the house that won't come down. No matter how much we whoop they behind, they still telling you what they ain't going to do. You got a leader that's willing to do what it takes to make a point. So this is why Moses was made to lead. 
God knew the destiny for Moses' life, but his parents had to come into alignment with that destiny. And Moses, y'all know what happened to Moses, but I have to go back through it because y'all is so good. When you get into the word and God began to illuminate and he began to show you, then you will say, I can wait on my ministry. God, I can wait on what you have for me because I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. But God know when you're ready. And God will set you up and put you in a place that sometimes you don't want to be in. I have noticed good leaders are leaders that run away from what God want them to do. They're saying, God, no, not me. God, I'm not ready for this. God, I can't talk like everybody else. I can't do what everybody else do. God, I'm so shy. I don't want to stand in front of people. And then God say, when you open your mouth, I'm going to speak for you. I'm going to speak through you. They're going to know that I have sent you. So Moses had to become acquainted with God. Moses had to know God. He had to know all about God, so he was getting to know God through that burning bush. Moses began to talk with God. God began to talk to Moses. His presence was right there with Moses. So y'all know he sent Moses to deliver them. They had some things along the way, but Moses knew how to call on Jehovah. In every situation, he called on Jehovah, and as he called on Jehovah, Jehovah gave him the answer, and then he spoke to the people. We have too many people speaking out, and it's not what God is saying, it's what you're feeling. Do y'all know you can have some good feelings, but they're not God feelings? Did you know you feel like you had peace because you were able to pay that bill, but that peace ain't coming from God? See, these days and times, we don't know the difference. Because we letting any and everything rule over us. But when you know who he is, you don't stand for anything. You don't just do anything to have peace in your house. You live according to the word. You don't just give something to somebody for them to be quiet. No, you tell them the truth. The church is so much out of order. To keep them quiet, I'll just give them this. That's not helping your situation. That's making that situation be high and lifted up. So Moses, he talked to God. And as he was talking to God, God told him about the people and what he wanted for the people. So Moses had to deliver exactly what God was saying. So those people did not even want to stand before God. They said, you speak on our behalf. They was, had such a fear of God that Moses had to speak to God on their behalf. And they said, tell God whatever he want us to do, we'll do it. They messed up right there. How many of us have messed up? God, if you do this, God, I'll do that. And you know you're lying. See, God already know your heart. So Moses, we get to verse um, chapter 20. This is where I'm going. Y'all know that he delivered them by holding up the rod that was in his hand. And God began to speak to Moses. Moses spoke to the people first and he said, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Those that you see now, you will not see again. Fear not. So Moses was telling them, but on the inside, see God know how leaders feel on the inside. You may be talking to the people with your lips and words are coming out. 
But God began to speak to Moses. He said, Moses, why are you talking to me? They didn't say what Moses was saying to God. So God knew on the inside, Moses was having a conversation with God. You see what's going on with these people. God said, Moses, what's in your hand? Hold up the rod that's in your hand, which represents authority that I have given you. And y'all know it was a Red Sea miracle. But Moses had to hear from God. And God had to let Moses know, I'm God. I run this. So we get to Exodus, the 20th chapter, and God is speaking to Moses again. He said, tell the children that I am the Lord thy God. He was reminding them, I'm the self-existing one. I'm the one that have brought you out of Egypt. He was reminding them, I'm the creator. I'm the maker of all things. I keep going back over this because let me tell you something. God want a moving and a shaking in, in this house. Because when we know who he is, y'all, there's nothing that we cannot do. Because we know that the I am, that I am is with us. God said, I am who you need for me to be. And in our difficult situations, we got to know who he is so we can call on him for who he is. So we, we went back through how Abraham, he knew him as El Elyon, the most high God. Because that king wanted to put himself above God. But he let him know, no, the only God that I serve, that I bow down to is El Elyon. He is the most high God. He got to know him as almighty El Shaddai. He's all powerful. He's all sufficient. Abraham was saying he's all I need. See, we got to get to a place and God is, the Holy Spirit is backing me back up when he was calling him El El Yon. See, what he recognized is you can't give me what El El Yon can. So Abraham was telling him that he's not taking anything from him. Because he knew if I take something from you, then I'm recognizing you as being higher than God. So I'm going to trust God. And by him trusting God, what did God tell him in that next chapter? He told him, really, he said, I'm your shield. I'm your exceeding great reward. Don't you fear, Abraham. God let them know because you turned this down. See, it's a lot that we have not turned down. It's a lot that we have grabbed hold to that God told us don't touch that. He said, I want to show you. See, this is where we miss it. I don't want you to attach to that. I want you to attach for me. That attachment look good. I'm going to go somewhere. That loan look real good right now. It looked like it's going to pay everything that you owe. It looked like it's going to bring you some peace in your house, but I don't want you to touch it. But see, God didn't have to tell Abraham not to do it. Because of his relationship with God, he said, I'm not bowing down to that because I serve El Elyon. He's the most high God. And he knows what I need. So by him turning something down, God began to come in and talk to Abraham. See, that's how you get to know who he is. And he got to know him as El Shaddai, almighty, all sufficient. He takes care of all my needs. Because God 
God had to remind him, did not tell you, Abraham, when you leave what you familiar with, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I am El Shaddai. See, God had to bring back to his remembrance. This is who I am. See, when you have a relationship with God, no matter what situation you get in, God is going to let you know who I am. So he found out who he was. Then he had to wait on a promise for 25 years. He messed up waiting on those promise, that promise. But God still honored what he said. That's just how much God loved us. But then God said, okay, I want you to give up that promise. One son. Wait a minute. Now, how well do we know him? How well do we know who he is? Can we give up what we love the most? Can we put it in God's hands? Y'all, I don't know about you, but when you become one as husband and wife, you start out with two people. But you become one. When the husband is down, the wife is down with the husband. I'm going to tell you why. Because they are one. When she hurt, he hurt. When he hurt, she hurts. Why? Because they have become one. When you hurt me, you hurt him. When you hurt him, you hurt me. Because we are one. So when we're one with God and we have a relationship with him, you ain't coming up on my father any kind of way. Because when you hurt me, you hurt him. When you hurt him, you hurt me. Because we are one. See, when we know who he is, we can't stand in the midst of people putting down our God. Because he's been so good to us. We cannot stand in the midst with them using his name in vain. And we're standing there like nothing is going on. We can't stand in the midst when people are saying God said and he did not say. We have to open our mouths and be representatives of him. Because you know who he is. My God is no thief. My God is no robber. My God don't set up healing lines. He paid the price. And you don't stand for that. You open your mouth and you speak on his behalf. Because when you don't, you are subject to saying this is what you got to do to get God to do what he need to do in this place. That's not my God. So Abraham got to know who he was when he had to give up a promise. God allowed him to take his only son. He said, I want you to take him to the place that I will have you to take him to. Can y'all imagine traveling with your son or your daughter and know that might be the last time you see him? But Abraham had such a relationship with God and he knew who God was. That he said, if he kill him, he got to bring him back to life. Because he's the one that gave him to me. And he's the one that said that I'm going to be the father of all nations through this son. So I'll do it. Because I trust God. 
Because God is just not going to do me like that after he done gave me a promise. So Abraham went to kill his son. And God had a ram in the bush. And God said, now I know that you love me. Do God really know you love him? Because when you love him, you obey him. Come on. We can't come to church every Sunday and talk about, oh, how we love Jesus. But we're doing everything opposite to what he's saying. He know how you feel about him. God proved his love for us when he gave up his only begotten son. He demonstrated his love. And y'all, we were still in sin. But he said, I'm still going to lay down my life for you because that's just how much I love you. He proved his love for us. But every day we refuse, we rebel because we want to do what we want to do. And when we want to do it, because it want, we want to feel good. We want peace in our house. We want to make our husband. We want to make our wives. We want to make our children feel good outside of what God said not to do. I'm going somewhere. Going right back to Exodus 20 when he said, I'm the Lord thy God. Which brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He said, I'm the one that died for you. I'm the one that delivered you. I'm the one that set you free. I'm the one that shed my blood for you. I'm the one when it looked like a death sentence was on your life. He said, what did I do? He said, I paid the price. I redeemed you. I justified you. I sanctified you. I reconciled you. It was because of what I had done. I am the Lord thy God. I'm the one that rescued you. And people living like. That they did this themselves. He had to let them know. I'm the one. There was no other God that brought you out of Egypt but me. Then he began to say. Have. Thou shalt have no other gods. Before me. This is where we're going to start y'all. We said he's El. Elyon, he's the most high God. Most high mean there do not supposed to be any God above him. Because he's most high, he's self-existent, he don't depend on anyone, he is the creator. No other God supposed to be before him. And he went down and he let them know. He said, we don't want any graven images. Graven images are things that they carve out. It's things that they make into an image so they can worship. He said, I don't want no images looking like what's in heaven. I don't want no images looking like what's on earth. I don't want no images looking like what's in the water under the earth. I don't want no image. I don't want no molding image. Things that are molding are things that are shaping into an image and then gold or silver is put on them. They put in the fire and they come out looking like gold or looking like. He said, I don't want none of that. I don't want nothing. No other God. This is what he said. Then as they travel and go forward, y'all, we know I'm going to go back to. This verse right here in Exodus 32. Go to Exodus 32. Remember God told them all of this, right? 
He said, I'm your God. I'm the one that you need to depend on. Have no other God before me. Anything that we worship above God is our God. Some of us don't see it, but we're going to see it today. This is what the enemy is using to block us from receiving what we already have because we don't want to let go of what we're worshiping. In verse, in chapter 32, it says, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said unto him, up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man brought us up out of the land of Egypt. We want not what has become of him. Now look at this. God just said, have no other God before me. That was a command. This is what he's saying. Have no other God before me. Can I tell y'all something? This was in the old, but guess what? We still have to hear what God is saying. Some people say the old is past, the new has come. God's word is still the same, but the only difference is you don't die when you don't do it. It's still the same. So he told them, have no other gods before me. So this is what the Lord was sharing with me. Moses, as their leader, he went to be with God. Because see, as a leader, you have to spend time with God so you will know what God wants for the people. God has given you the authority over the people, but those are God's people. But he gives you the authority and tell you how to carry out what he wants you to carry out for him through the people. So Moses is up there with God. And all of a sudden, because Moses took so long to come down to them, they felt as if, now I got to go to plan B. God was telling me this. He said, that's what's happening with the church. When you don't get what you want, when you want it. When God have not answered you, when you want him to answer you. Now you got a plan B and you think it's okay. When you know who he is. If he don't answer you, there's a reason. Because God said the reason why I have you waiting on me because I want you to know who I am. Some of you don't want to wait because you get so anxious. You don't want to wait on God to see what God want to do. So because Moses delayed himself, they're saying, where is our God? Make us a God. We make gods when we don't wait on God. When God seems like he's delaying us, we go to man for the answer. You making yourself a God. When you're going through and you don't know what's going on with you. And God told you 10 days ago. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But seem like things get hotter. Seem like the fire start blazing and feel like you just can't take it no more. And all of a sudden you got a plan B. Well, I'm going to go talk to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Now you're putting so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Above God. Because God ain't going to change his mind. If God told you, I'm your loan officer. I'll give y'all an example. When we was getting in this church, 
We didn't have no money in the bank. Y'all, I didn't know how to do nothing concerning the church. Only thing I knew that God had was telling me what to do and how to do it. So as I was listening to God and Jennifer was right there with me and we knew, Lord, if anybody give us anything, we know it got to be you. But this man began to tell me if you don't have a good person on your board with very good credit, there ain't no point of me coming to see you. I hung up the phone. I said, you know what, God, if you don't co-sign for me, then nobody will. Because you are Jehovah Jireh. So I'm going to stand on you, God, and what you tell me to do. So guess what? I didn't mess with that man no more. I said, now you tell me what you want me to do. God sent me to a place that didn't look like they give anybody a loan. They wouldn't even give people loans for, for vans, for churches. But God said, I want you to go there. See, God takes the impossible and he makes it possible if you would believe him. Now, check this out. It's the same place we always bank with, but we didn't want to go back to them because we heard what man said about them. But God said, this is what I want you to do. He showed me all the paperwork to put in there. Darling, she was the accountant. She gave me the paperwork. She looked at me. She said, if you must got a friend in that bank, that's all I got to say. She knew that it was no money. She knew it didn't look right. I said, but I have Jesus. So y'all know the story. When I turned it in, y'all got to understand. See, the enemy put stuff in your head. You can't talk to any and everybody. See, I ain't talking to the naysayers who looking at the natural. I talk to me and my husband come together and I say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. I ain't ashamed to turn in nothing. We turned it in. First man said, if you can't put 20% down, you need this amount of money. You need $20,000. And I'm saying to myself, uh-huh. Because it ain't nowhere to be found. I don't see it. But God, you know. God took that situation and he showed the bankers his hand and God ended up giving us 100%. 100%. Why? Because I said, God, I'm not moving on what man say. I'm moving on what you say. And then God took that situation and each time we had to fill out stuff for the banks because the banks have certain things you have to do in, at certain times. When me and my husband were turning in, we would sit before the people. The man would say, I have never since I've been doing banking and all the churches that I have been dealing with, I have never seen such a spirit of excellency. Coming from, oh my Lord, y'all don't hear me. Because when you follow God's way of doing things, he said, I have never seen such a spirit of excellency like I see in this church. Why? Because we stood on him. Even though there was a delay, y'all, man wanted to have a, another plan. But God said, I want you to stick with my plan. No matter what they say, I want you to go on what I'm saying. This is what God was telling them. But no, they didn't want to wait on God. They said, make us gods. We got gods in our homes and we're hollering hallelujah to El El Yon. But we got other gods above him because we already made plans. If this don't work, I'm going to do this. We don't went deaf ear to what God is telling us. 
So guess what? Y'all check this. Remember when they come out of Egypt, they didn't come out empty handed. God said, I want you to go to all them Egyptians and I want you to ask of them, not borrow. See, borrow in the Bible mean ask. Ask of them. So when they asked of them for their jewels, for all of this stuff, they laid it down to them. Why God had already set it up. He already changed their hearts to give to his people. God will change people's hearts to give to you when you trust him. So they come out with all of this stuff, but the stuff they come out with, check this out. They took that stuff, gold earrings, and they made another God. God is saying, what my people are doing in the church, the stuff that I'm giving you for my kingdom, you're giving it to other gods to get what you want. God said, I gave them that. I turned the heart. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. God said, when we get in a bind, what we do, we take what God has given us and we give it to unrighteous people. But we don't want to give it to the kingdom. We find a way to get what we want from the world. But when it comes to the house of God, we don't want to give up what. Why they need it. I already made plans. So they had another plan. They made that God. And when the God come out, they begin to worship that God. And let me tell you something. One sin leads to another sin. They had a statue made out of gold. Gold means deity. That means this is the deity. This is the God that we're going to worship. And as they begin to worship this God, they begin to have orgies. They begin to do stuff out of the will and way of God. And as they did all of these things, let me tell you something about God. God is going to talk to the leader. Do not think that you're getting over on your leader because your leader ain't saying nothing. God is going to let the leader know what you're doing. If you're in leadership, if you're in the house of God, he's going to report to the leader because he reported to Moses. And guess what he said? Now, this was the funny part. And the Lord said unto Moses, go get thee down. Now, listen what he said. For thy people. Now, God said, them your people. Which thou brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. He began to tell Moses everything they were doing. Do y'all think that God ain't going to tell us or tell leaders? Oh, sorry, Holy Spirit. I heard this. How can he tell some leaders when some leaders are not even in place to hear God? Because you got to have the relationship with God. So God began to tell Moses what was going on. They were worshiping other gods. Y'all ain't getting it yet, are you? So evidently God telling me is some worships of other gods going on in this house. Y'all ain't got it. Why would God bring this same thing that's out of the hole and bring it to you? Because God said, I'm still God. I do what I want when I want. So he's saying there's some worshiping of other gods in your homes. There's some things that you're putting above God. And sometimes we don't see it because we get so familiar with doing it. We think it's okay. See, everything 
that's created is because he created it. You don't have what you have because of you. Some things we have is we have because we made it work. But when God give you something, it's because this is what God wants you to have. So these people, they began to corrupt themselves. Moses had to go down and he had to get everything back in order. See, when you got a good leader that stand before you and put things back the way they need to be put, that's a good leader. When you have a leader that continually lets stuff go on in the house of God, then that's not a good leader. Evidently, that leader is doing something they don't supposed to be doing, so they don't want to bother what's being done in the house. So they don't want to come and correct you when wrong is wrong. And why do everybody have to hear it? Because guess what? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. It goes through the church like cancer. If one think they can fornicate, the other one say, I'm okay to fornicate. If one thinking they can cheat on their wife, the other one say, it's okay for me to cheat on their wife. Why? Because the pulpit is cheating. There need to be correction in the house of God. We preach on grace. We need to live like we know grace. It don't make no sense. And then people tell you, you didn't have to come off that way. I come off the way the Holy Ghost want me to come off. Because some people don't want to hear what God has to say. Because when you're not right, you're not right. And God loves you so much. Let's settle this right now. God don't kill you. You kill yourself. God don't bring death on you. God is about light. Light overpowers death and darkness. What God come in is he tell you, you got to line up or death is coming to your house. God didn't bring death there. Death was already waiting on you. Sin lies at the door. And wait. Quit saying, if you don't do this for God, this is going to happen. No, 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 no. God already gave you a choice. He put a tree in the Garden of Eden. He said, everything in this garden, eat freely. He said, but this tree, don't touch it or you're going to die. Let me tell you what that tree was full of. It was full of corruption. He said, there's some good in there. But everything that's good ain't good. He said, so I don't want you to touch it because you already living the good life. But God said, I had to give him a choice. He said, I had to give him the right to choose. If you choose death, that's what you're going to get. He said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What are you full of? Whatever you full of is what you're demonstrating in your life. Through what you're speaking on, through how you're living, that's what you're full of. God said, that's why I can't come in through you because you got me blocked through your mess. He said, I can't be L.L. Young. You calling me L.L. Young, but you don't want to empty out. It makes you feel good to let people know, I know L.L. Young, but your life ain't. So God said, you invite death in your house. Because God said, I give you a right to choose. Whatever you choose, 
Quit saying, God, if you don't want me to lay with this fine, foxy woman, turn my car around. Lord, if you don't want me to do this no more, God, send me a sign. You already know what he don't want you to do. Why are you talking to God about that foolishness? You already know that you are married. And you already know when you sleep with another woman, it is adultery. You got those laws in you even when you wasn't saved. I'm just going to say not ignorant going to see, dumb going to see. Who can get any dumber? Well, I guess it's okay. I ain't seen no sign. He give you a right to choose. And quit justifying after you choose. Well, you know, things happen and God is a forgiving God. See, you ain't even, you, uh-uh. You need to be singing, deliver me. Lord, I want this to be my exodus. Lord, I want to come out of this. See, there's supposed to be a change when you do wrong. There's supposed to be a change. You're supposed to humbly submit yourself. The only time people ready to change most of the time is when they're dying. They tell you everything when they're dying. They tell you about the extra kids they got when they're dying. They tell you where the extra money is when they're dying. They tell you everything when they're dying. And then when they find out they ain't dying, they're, oops. Tell you their name, tell you their address, tell you everything when they die. Why? Because they leave it here and don't have to deal with it. But when they was on earth, you better not say nothing. That woman to kill me. When you're sick and low and can't do nothing for yourself, you start talking your heart. When you're drunk, you start talking your heart. When you get high on drugs, you start talking your heart. Then after that high, you act like you don't know what you said. We bring death on ourselves. God is not going to kill you if you don't do this or that. Because guess what? Y'all check this. Jesus prayed the price so you wouldn't have to die where you can live. So now, God, you're going to take me out because I ain't preaching. No. He ain't going to take you out. Because you not preach. But see, I have to bring correction. When Apostle Snow said that, that was her lot. That's what she heard. And it could have been something going on in her life between her and God that she didn't tell you that part. But I want to bring some correction here. God don't kill you because you don't preach. Because he got many rams in the bush that are decree and declare. If you don't do it, somebody else would do it. God didn't save you to kill you to leave you like that. Come on, we got to get it right, y'all. See, I, I, I'm the type of person, whatever I hear, I want to bring correction so people won't say, Oh, Lord, if I don't preach, God's going to kill me. You're going to kill yourself thinking about dying. Just go and die. The enemy want to put that in your head. So when things pop up, oh, I'm going to die. No, it don't happen like that. When he spoke to Hezekiah and he told him to get his house in order because he was going to die is because he was sick unto death. 
But Hezekiah knew how to turn his face towards the wall and begin to pray to God. And God said, I'm going to give you another 15 years. But Hezekiah messed up because he's going to open up the temple and show them everything that God had given. So you got to know what the word is saying. People using the word out of content to make people think they know. They will illuminate. That's a lie. So we see. He said, have no other God before me. Y'all, we got to check ourselves and see what we're putting before God. It's in this house. Come on, it's in the house. God don't check me without me checking you. See, when I have these messages, I have to sit there and say, God, what have I put before you? See, I knew years ago I put that man before I put God and I was preaching. But God let me know you got to let go of him. I've got to be number one and you're one and only. He said, I got to be number one and one and only because if something happened to him, you're going to feel like you can't make it because you didn't know me. Y'all, let me tell you something. When God created us, he wanted us to be family. He did it in an order. Husband and wife, he created the man first and then he gave the man, the woman to help him with what God had given him to do in that garden. They worked together, not separated together. Then the children came along, but God taught them, I'm the one, the only true and living God. I was before anything was created. I was here. I existed. Don't you forget that. So when anything go down in your house, you come to me first. And when you come to me first, you can go to the wife. You can go to the husband, but seek me first. I want to be above everything. I want to be above your kids. I want to be above your animals. I want to be above your mother and father. I want to be. And if you can't let me be, you can't take up the cross. He said, if you're going to follow me, you got to deny, you got to lose interest in yourself. This is the problem. Some people have more interest in a lover than they do in them own self. So many people are so interested in, I need somebody to love me. Save folk. I need somebody to hold me like I need to be held. Save folk. You don't know who he is. Because if you know who he is, he'll be holding you when nobody's there to hold you. Even when your husband or your wife ain't giving you that love, you saying, Father, just hold me. Just comfort me in the place that I am. See, we waiting on. That's your God. You waiting on a man to fulfill something for you. You waiting on a woman to fulfill something for you. One day, somebody ain't going to be here. Who's going to fulfill it? Who's going to do it for you? You waiting on a man to work night and day to give you Gucci, to give you Louis Vuitton, to give you all of these things. When the man pass on, who was your LL Young? Who was your sustainer? Who was your giver of life? We get so close to one another that we feel like we can't breathe without them. In a way, that's good. But if we're putting one another before we're putting God, it ain't good. If you're letting a man dictate you, if you're letting a man be everything to you, 
And you're leaving God out of the equation. It ain't good. That's who your God is. So when that man fail you, you feel, you feel like you can't live no more. That man done took a piece of your heart. And he done crushed it. But God began to show me, even in his word, after all of this happened, Moses said, those that are on God's side, come over here. And the ones that wasn't, they, they died. But then they went on and Moses, God told Moses, y'all, in Exodus 33, God told Moses, he said, I'm not going with you. He said, I'm going to send an angel with you to take you on to the promised land. But Moses said, "Uh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh-uh. This is what God told, Moses told God. He said, God, if you don't go with us, I'm not going. Let me tell you why Moses said that. Moses said, that angel may be there to protect us, but if your presence, y'all got to understand what I'm saying. God said, if your presence, Moses said, if your presence is not there, God, I'm not going. See, the children of Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. He knew his nature. He said, God, I know in all the acts, that's all they want to see, you act and you work. But God, I need to know your ways with your acts, because if something is not working out, I can stand because I know you. Oh, I'm going somewhere. God told me what's wrong with the church. When the church see people falling out, when the church see people getting healed, oh, how I love Jesus. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. But yet you still don't go home and get to know him as Jehovah Rapha. You know his works, but you don't know his ways, his nature. You don't know him as a healer. You see in the works and you saying, I want what they have. But until you know him, this is why people are running all over the place. Because you don't know him. You talk about him, but you don't know him. You love seeing the miracles. But sometimes God won't allow a miracle. He said, I want you to wait on me. I want you to get to know me as Jehovah Rapha. I want you to wait on me. Abraham waited 25 years. And he got to know me by my names. Moses knew my ways. They knew my works. That's why they was back and forth like a windshield wiper. We got people in church back and forth like windshield wipers. Because he said you yet don't know me. Because you won't stand still in the midst of your situation. You still trying to work it out. He was telling me. With me and my husband. I know his ways. Because I've been living with him for 29 years. So you can't come tell me. About my husband. Because I know him better than you do. You can't talk about my husband in front of me because I know him better than you do. I know his heart. So no matter what you say, I know him. But the problem is, if he mess up with me, hmm, you lose that trust. So if somebody come to me and tell me something, yeah, he did it. He sure did do it. Yes, he no good, no good, he did it. Because if he's a no gooder, he did it. 
But if I know him, know him and know how he loved me and know how he do for me and know how he's there for me. Don't you come up in my face telling me nothing. Because we have a relationship. But now if I hadn't got over something in the past. Because I refuse to get over it no matter how loving he is. No matter how dependable he is. When somebody come up to me, I'm going to say, you no good, you you no good. But I serve a God that's always good. It don't matter what you say, I know what he said to me. See, you got to know his ways. It's good to see these miracles, y'all. But every time you pop up, when you're looking for the acts... And you don't know the ways the acts ain't going to do you no good. I'm going to prove it to you. In scripture, the disciples walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They were trained up by Jesus. They were learners. They were followers. And Jesus said, okay, the, the crowd is hungry. I don't want to send them away because they are faint along the way. He said, what do y'all have? Two fish, five loaves of bread. He began to pray over it. Y'all know it multiplied, right? But soon as Jesus said, Let us go over to the other side. Okay, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And he roared and all of that. All of a sudden, they went back to their bellies. And they said, oh, we forgot to take bread. Jesus said, don't you yet understand? Have you not yet perceived that I was talking about the hypocrisy, the doctrines, the teachings? This is what I want you to beware of. So what is God saying? We see miracles. We see healings. But when stuff happens in our lives, we don't know God. So we go back to ask God, God, why you ain't going to do this? We forget what he already done because we don't know who he is. We're going on the acts. We should know, God, I know you by El Elyon. I know you by Jehovah Jireh. I know you by Jehovah Nisi. God, you are my banner. When I raise the banner, when I go places, they're going to know that the victory is already won. Because they see the banner that I'm holding afar off. They say, we already won that. That's why when they held up Moses' hands, it looked like a banner. As long as his hands fell, the war, they were winning the war. But when they held up his hands, they say, the victory is already won. So we shouldn't have our heads hung low in the midst of our situation. We should say, I know you as Jehovah Nisi. I know it's one. So our problem is, we don't know him. We know his acts. See, what we want in the body of Christ, Lord knows I want to see it come forth all the time. Healings, miracles. Everything coming forth. But God said, until you get to know me as Jehovah Rapha, until you get to know me, then I am your healer. How can you tell somebody else they healed when you don't know me as your healer? How can you tell somebody I'm their deliverer when you don't know me as their your deliverer? How can you tell somebody that God is their shepherd when you don't know me as your shepherd? How can you tell people these things and you won't stand still? You know why? We don't want to go through nothing. We we don't want it to come to our house, so it's easy to encourage somebody when it's in their house. But when you get to our house, what's his name? What do you know him as? 
See, let me tell you something. God will test you. He don't put sickness on you to test you now. But if sickness come to your house, that's when God going to know how much you know him. When your funds get low, that's when God going to know how much you know him. Because see, when funds get low, we get low. We try to find another avenue to bring more money in the house. See, me and my husband has been in situations, y'all, that when the funds got low, thank God I know him as Jehovah Jireh. I say, God, I know who you are. God, I already know that you have already provided. Lord, I already know that you are my shepherd, so I'm just going to thank you today for who you are. Let me tell you what God had to do for me, y'all. See, you can have jobs, family, cars, houses as your LL yarn, and don't even recognize it. I'm going to tell you how you recognize it. When you live in large and you got to come low. Because see, when I had that position, y'all, I thought I was doing everything I needed to do. Yes, I did. I did. I treated people right. I wanted to treat people like I wanted to be treated. But God said, I got to mold you. I got to shape you into whom I have for you to be. I want to see where, I want you to see where you are because I already know where you are. How many know when you start out with $3 and some change and you move up to $4 and some change and you keep moving up the ladder and then that change end up getting to $13, $14 an hour. Woo, glory be to God. And then as that climb up, you climb up and you get other things to climb up with the money. We don't wait on God and say, well, God, if I lived off of this and I'm doing well, I'm just going to stop. Let me say it again. We don't climb up to keep climbing. We wait on the Lord and say, when do you want me to climb? I don't climb up because my money is climbing up because my money can act a little funny, y'all. But when we get up there with the digits, we stay there. We feel good. But God had to bring me low. And when he brought me low and cut my salary in half, I said, I ain't going back with them peoples. I'll sit home and draw unemployment. If that's all they're going to give me, can I get it in unemployment till I find something else? Because I am not going back up in there with them den of thieves and lions. God sent me three confirmations. The first one, I was like, I don't even believe that one. I can't even believe that one opened their mouth and told me that how they be living. <laughs> the first one was real. The second one, I... Unemployment woman was telling me, I don't blame you. I would just go ahead. I would quit. I would take the unemployment Monday morning. I'll let you know how much it's going to be. So I said, all right now, y'all, I was happy. I was at peace. See, that's that worldly peace. All of a sudden, the lady called me. She said, Amanda, um, I need to tell you something. I said, okay, how much am I getting? She said, I was praying for you, and the Lord told me to tell you, you got to go back. Y'all, I just felt like I died. So, what I did, I went in the bathroom, my closet, and I bowed my head and I said, Father, not my will, but let your will be done. Y'all, that was the first step going back, right? But now it's time to get paid. <laughs> when they gave me my check, after they had demoted me, and I told y'all this, I looked at the check, and the only thing I could do was hold it up to heaven. That's all I could do with tears in my eyes. And I said, Father, you already know we can't make it off of this. 
but you know better than I know. And I'm going to continue to give you glory for what we have. Because God, I might not even have this, but I'm going to give you glory for it. Y'all, I went through turmoil in that office. But guess what? The turmoil, it was to break me down. It was to show me my controlling self. It was to show me my jealous self. I wasn't jealous of nobody when I was making the money, y'all. But as soon as I didn't have the money and they was eating Chinese at work and they buying clothes and I had to try to fit my stuff together, I was talking about them people. Look at them. They think they're all this in the bag of tip. Look at them. These robbers. Everything began to come out. Long as your money right, hallelujah, bless the Lord, he's so good. When your money get depleted, look at that. They think they better than me now, uh-huh, look at it. You're going to lose everything you got, even speaking witchcraft. Some of you doing it right now. You all good until somebody do you wrong. Now everything that you put deep down is coming up and out like vomit. You telling everybody off because you always wanted to. Even telling me off because you always wanted to. Why? Because it's in your house now. So everything is, just get it out, baby. Get it out because it was already there. Deliverances. So God said, I got to get you where you need to be so you can carry my people where I want them to go. But until you get where you need to be, See, nobody want to go through nothing. You don't want to go through your wilderness experience because when you get to a place in your life, you don't want to be brought low. That's pride. God showed me pride in my life. I didn't think I had it, y'all. I thought I was good to go. I was a sweet person. Didn't curse, didn't do this, didn't do that. I loved on people, wanted people to be treated right. But as soon as it was my turn to give in to the enemy that hated me, I ain't giving you nothing. No, I'm the one that's saying, give. But the Lord changed me. And he told me, no, bless those who curse you, love those who hate you. God was saying, I want to be God in your life. Everything that you have put above me, I'm showing it to you. You put your husband, you put your kids, you put your job above me. They got to come down. And now I want you to worship me. And things begin to get pulled out of our household, y'all. Pulled out of our household. And the only thing I could do was cry out to God. Only thing I could do was depend and trust him. Because guess what? God was bringing us to a place to worship only El El Yon. And I got to a place, y'all. Things didn't matter no more. Cars, houses, nothing mattered no more. I was so content. If my husband didn't buy me nothing, it didn't matter to me no more. None of that mattered no more. The only thing I wanted to do, y'all, was be at his feet. And I was at his feet so much I forgot about that man and he wrote me a note. God said, okay, I see now that I'm L.L. Yon, but now it's time for this house to be put in order. This house is out of order. You come into church, you can't even serve me. As being who I am that God has made me to be. If you can't go in your house and do what you're supposed to do in your home first. You cannot come in the house of God and act like you all this in a bag of chips. And you treating your husband, your children, your co-workers the wrong way. But God began to tell me 
they don't know me. Because if you know me, you can stand still. You don't have to be in a hurry. Whatever the world do, you don't have to do it. And this is what God was telling them. The reason why God told them this, he said, because you're going to come in these lands that I'm giving you. These lands belong to you, but you got to tear down these altars. You got to tear down these high places. You got to tear down these things of false gods, because if you don't tear them down, that's what you're going to end up doing. You're going to love the world more than you love me. Y'all, everywhere we go, there's a statue, a dummy. With nice clothes on. We, we look at the clothes. We want the clothes. If we never seen the dummy, we wouldn't want it. And even when the dummy is naked, we look at the size of the dummy and we want to be that size. Because <laughs> that's the world's way. Women, we never thought about putting on fingernails. We were happy with our nails until we looked at television and saw the different shapes of nails and the different colors and painting the toes and doing all of this. I was never raised to have no pretty nails. I went with the nails I had, but when I got around people and they talking and I said, oh, that's pretty. Where you get that done at? I think I look good with that on. Who you say done that? Then we go get the nails. Then guess what? We put the nails before we put God. We spent an hour in a nail salon and can't spend an hour in the word. Oh, y'all, I'm going somewhere today. So if you want to leave, you, you're free to go. But I'm going to bring some light in this place today. Because we're spending more time in nail salons and getting the feet done and the hair done and the toes done. And don't even go into the word of God. We're spending time trying to get fit, trying to get buff. But we don't want to get buff when it comes to the word of God. We're spending too much time with other gods instead of spending time with God. And always calling on God but yet don't know God because we're putting more time in other things. It has gotten so in my life. When I'm in this word and these nails need to be done again. My husband know me. Dang. Is that me, honey? He said, why don't you go and get your nails? I ain't got time. What woman don't make time to get some nails done to be pretty? I look at them. You'll be all right. And I go right back. What you say, God? God don't want nothing before him. I dread it. Why? Because I don't want to leave the word. Y'all, it's gotten to a point in my life, and some people may say, oh, you done gone too far. Now you say what you want. My son do not bother me when he know I'm in the word. If it's an emergency, I come out the word, I pray, I do what I got to do. But my son will call me, he said, he said mama, he said, I'm, I want to bring the girls over. Are you, you through studying? Not right now, son. I'll give you a call. He said, okay. Respect me in my word. You don't put nothing before you put this word. Because I'm going to tell you something. You need it. This is your lifeline. Anything that you're putting before the word means that's who you appreciate above him. When we wake up, it should be the word. Throughout the day, it should be the word. We should talk the word. We should live the word. We should eat the word. We should lay down with the word. But our problem is our minds are on other things. Our minds is on Facebook. Our minds is on letting people know what we're doing in our household. Our minds is on when we see somebody else do it. My God, we got to have it. I'm going somewhere. That's an idol. That's covetousness. 
But then the Lord shut you down. Shut you down, shut you up. Because when you got a relationship with him, don't you hit that button. Oh, sorry. Disobedience. Stubbornness. Because that's what I want. But see, one sin, one mess up, what did it say? You miss one commandment. You miss them all, but thank God for Jesus, for mercy. What am I saying today? Y'all, I haven't even got to the meat of this message. Because God is saying today we got other gods above him, and that's why we can't see him manifest in our life. That's why we cannot see him for who he is because we already got another plan if God don't come through. Because we don't want to wait on him. We don't want to miss nothing. See, when we get in a place, we feel like that's our place. But if God said that place have taken me, I'm going to bring you down to where you need to be. Some people get so high up in a place, they look at people like, "Mm, how can you live like that? Are you forgetting where you come from? We act like we're too good for those people. We look down on those people when we should be willing to help those people. When we try to make stuff look like we want it to look, that's a God. We want to do things the way God, God will take little and he'll put his glory on it. And people want what you got. People want what you have. Y'all like me, my husband got a car and that car is a 2001 the Lexus. Let me tell you something. When we got that car, me and my husband just drove it, drove it, drove it, drove it. And everybody says something about that car says the glory. Ain't nothing but the glory because that car is just as old as it ever want to be. And my husband would take care of that car. Just like wash it, clean it out. He appreciated what God, you, you got to have appreciation for what God, why do you want something else and you can't even clean your own house? Why you want a bigger house? You don't wash your dishes, don't make up your bed, you don't fix nothing in your house. Now you want a mansion. No! You don't appreciate what you have. Why you want another car? Cause my neighbor got it and I look good with the seat. Women laying back they seat, barely touching the pedal. Putting on shades. Want to be seen. This is what some people get cars for. Hear me, see me, be attached to me. I don't want to get attached to nothing but God. Because when that detachment leave, I still have LL Young. We don't put nothing above God. We don't idolize anything above God. That man right there, y'all, let me tell you about that man. When we were dating. He got his escort. Ooh, nice escort. He was the first uh, black person with an escort in Pender County. Now, how that come about, my granddaddy told him, he said, you don't have to go get an old car. He said, you can get a new one. He looked at me when we was there. He said, how you expect me to get a new car with where I'm working? I said, well, granddaddy said, you can get it. Granddaddy said, I'm going to pray over this handkerchief, and I'm going to show you the works of God. He went in there, and the people that financed the car said, I don't know how he got it. I ain't going to tell you what happened in between. I'm going to leave that out. I don't know how he got it. But when this man got this car, y'all, I supposed to be his one and only, right? He had the audacity to pull up in that driveway, pick up my cousin, Shirley's son, and left me sitting there. 
Yeah, you did it. I forgave him, but that car was his idol. Is that an amen, honey? I would get in that man's car, and I know his mom and them can be a witness. I drop a crumb. He looking straight ahead. He'll keep looking straight ahead. He say, you going to get that? He's so much better now, y'all. So much better now. God had to do a work on this man with that car. He wanted to make sure that car was right because that was his idol. He would polish. He would wash. He Every time you see him, he had the car wash with that car. They knew that was his car. Some of us right now got cars as idols. When you put those things before God. That's who you're looking up to. It's in the way of allowing God to do what he needs to do. That's why he said, when you get into the land that I have given you, get rid of all of this stuff. So God is bringing in this house today. Get rid of what you have put before God. If it's your children, they don't supposed to be before God. Husbands, wives, don't supposed to be before God. He said, whatever you have before me, you need to let it go because we are in a time right now. You need me. And you got to get to know me for who I am. This is another key. I'm going to close on this one because we're going to go again next Sunday. God said, for the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Why did Paul tell the Corinthians that? Because the Corinthians was living in a time where they were worshiping idols. Where they were having all kind of stuff going on in the house of God. So Paul had to come in there and say the weapons of your warfare is what? It's not carnal, but it's mighty. Through who? So he was letting them know God got to be the head of this. He said, but you got something to do. He said, some strongholds in the midst of you. Y'all know that's what God called me to do with strongholds. These strongholds that are in the midst of you guys is strongholds that have come from your thoughts. He said that what we have to do is cast down imagination. Those are reasonings. See, the enemy have you reasoning in your mind through your thoughts. So how he gets your thought patterns off is through your five senses. When you watch what somebody else is doing for so long and you keep watching it and you keep meditating on it, you're going to become what you're watching and meditating on. You're going to take a thought to that. Let's say if you're watching a man and 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 you save and you keep watching that man and watching that man, all of a sudden you want that man because you done build up a fortress in your mind saying, that's my husband, that's my boo, and you live in a fantasy of that man. So it says, casting down imaginations and every, that's an idol. Your thought become an idol. You got to cast it down. Every high thing that exalts. Your thought won't exalt itself over the knowledge of God. Meaning that it's taking first place over what the word says. I said, Lord, why do people keep going to the same thing? He said, because it's a stronghold. 
They keep going back doing the same thing because they have not uprooted that stronghold. Maybe for a week they act like they want to do right, but they go back to the same pattern because they're in holding. They're in bondage due to their way of thinking, and the only way you're going to come out is doing what the word tells you to do. And that's spending time in the word. Seven days a week. Not just when you're off work. We spend more time with other things more than we do the word. We get up, we take off. We come in, we lay down. We get up and do the same thing. Then when something happens, pray for me. Stand in agreement with me. You know why I tell people? What did God say? What is God telling you? If you don't even have a scripture to stand on, how can I come in agreement with you? We come into agreement with what you standing on, with what you believe. But if you ain't standing on nothing, I can't come into agreement with you. I'm only going to come into agreement with what you believe. So God said, get rid of these idols. Get rid of these things that you have put before me. He said, I want to be first and foremost in your life. That's the only way you're going to make it. That's the only way you're going to survive. Is let me be first and foremost. You do have enough time in the day. It's just the time you putting in with everything else. Come on, even when you have time off, what are you doing with yourself? You cannot take time off and spend time with God, then go back to work and don't spend no time. That's out of order. I have to be before my God every day to listen to all what I listen to and to know what to say and how to say it and when to say it because there's no pastor that can have a congregation And do what God tells them to do if they don't go to the mountaintop. Every day. And say, God, what do you want me to say to the people? God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? And some people don't like what God say. How do I know? Because you don't like what I say. So that means you don't like God. That's how I know you're not in your word. Because when God brings you something, you humbly submit yourself to him and quit questioning what God is saying. Because if you knew me, if you come acquainted with me, you should become acquainted with God. So God said, let's tear down these altars. Let's tear down what we have built up. We have done it. Because God said, have no other God. Y'all. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Covetness. Do y'all know covetness is desiring to have something that someone else has? Do you know that was one of God's commandments? He said, don't covet what your neighbor have, your, you know, his wife, his, the men servants, the maid servants. He said, you can't covet these things. Covetness is desiring to have what somebody else has. When you see somebody with something, you never wanted it until you saw it. That's covetness. You did without it before you saw it. So God said, when you're coveting what your brother or your sister have, guess what? That can lead to an idol. 
He said, you got to get rid of that. If you're done without it all those years, what do you want with it now? Because somebody else, see, we want to be in a clique. We feel like if we don't have what other people have, we can't click with them. It's about clicking with God. It's about making a connection with God. I don't need what you got because that's not my desire. Some people get it just to say I can get it, but then you can't keep it. Anything that you struggle with in God. There is no struggle in God. So this is why we got to make sure that whatever we have, that God is saying it's okay. Because there comes a time, Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. Sometimes the things that God gives you, you wonder how it's going to be taken care of. Y'all, it's been 19 years, maybe longer, since me and my husband has been in ministry. And God has always supplied. Why? Because when I do what my father tells me to do outside of how I feel, God promised me he's going to take care of us because we lay down our life for this gospel. When you lay down your life, you lay down man's way and you pick up God's way. That means, y'all, I want y'all to check this. When you're depending on your paycheck on your job and that paycheck is gone, right? Who are you depending on? The paycheck or God? Because even if they slight you with eight hours, who are you depending on eight hours of God? Our dependency is supposed to be so much on God that when something go down, we rise up. Because God is above that. When something go down, we rise up. See, me and my husband's situation is sort of different. We don't know what people are going to give. We don't. We don't know what you make. We don't know what's going to come in this house on a given Sunday. I want y'all to enlighten, I'm enlightening you. We don't know. Y'all know what y'all paychecks are going to be. You do. Now, people that self-employed, maybe they don't know either because they're basing upon their clients or basing it upon that. But it's always somebody else to pick it up. God always have somebody else for them to lean on. Well, if I don't make it, this, we still got something coming in. But me and my husband don't know. From one Sunday to the next. But one thing I do know. I serve Jehovah Jireh. I serve a God that will provide. That always have a ram in the bush. And even when the money get low. I still give him glory. Because I say God you said you were going to take care of me. You chose me. I didn't choose myself. So I'm going to give you glory for what I already have. Yet I don't see it. God I thank you I already have it. Some of us want God to do stuff for us and we don't even want to do things for ourselves. We want to always pick and choose. But God said when you don't work, you don't eat. That means some things I don't want to do on the job, but I do it because guess why I do it? Because God, I'm honoring you. I'm here to, to, uh, what does the scripture say? I'm doing my work unto the Lord, not unto man. So everything I do, I ain't looking to please man. I'm looking to please God. And if I please God, man is already pleased because it's going to be done with the spirit of excellency. No matter what they say or what they do, I'm here to work unto the Lord, not unto man. And it's going to be a good work because he's a good, good father. When we get the right mentality, y'all, we can make it. When God is first, we can make it. It don't matter what man do. He'll make man your footstool. 
when you please God, he bring your enemies even at peace with you. But he can't bring them at peace with you when you're not pleasing him. How can God help you when you're not even trying to help yourself? You won't get in your word. And how can you tell someone that they're wrong and you living wrong and you ain't being obedient to God yourself? Y'all, it's time to get it right. And we have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. So let's let go of these idols. You know the song? Please say you know it. Thank you. We're going to get rid of these idols. Everything that we're idolizing above God, y'all, we need to leave it at this altar for real. And we need to get to know God for who he is and stop trying to look at the acts of God and get to know the ways of God. So when the acts of God do come, all of it work together. Amen. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for the teaching that you have brought forth on this day. And I thank you, God, that people's hearts were open and receptive to receive this word on today. And I thank you, God, that they don't allow this word, Father God, just to lay there, God. But I thank you that they pick up this word, God, and they search the scriptures and they search themselves and say, God, have I put anyone or anything above you? I thank you that we come in this house today with a repentant heart, meaning that we're turning away from idols. We're turning away from other things that's keeping us from you, God. And we humbly submit now self unto you. So today, God, we tear down every idol. God, that's in our imagination. God, that's in our presence, God. We only want your glory to be revealed, God, in us and through us. We want people to see you more than they see in other things. So, God, we thank you that it's not about us, God. It's all about you, God. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise right now. In Jesus' name, amen.